This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, November 6, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The cannabis business has exploded in recent years as states have pushed ahead with legalization. And that raises new concerns about just how that industry ought to be free to pursue profits. Shanita Penny works with governments to establish best practices. We spoke in September about the regulatory problems cropping up in this budding industry. Since 2010, we've seen many states uh, legalize pot for uh, recreational purposes. Before that, states had done it for medical purposes. But uh, uh, Washington and Colorado were the first to to do it uh, recreationally. And now we're seeing, I don't know, I guess it's some things have sort of come full circle in that we now have states like California and Nevada and Illinois and now Virginia and New York and Vermont. All these states have have legalized pot. And there is now an entrenched industry surrounding the production and sale and people who have a unique influence over the regulatory structure over the sale of cannabis to the public. What ha- having watched that unfold, what does that look like to you? We've seen experiments happen at the state level that have benefited a few, and they are looking to take that and make it the model that, you know, they piloted this, you know, the states are, you know, experiments in this process. Uh, but what they've done is really gone into back rooms and created something that only works for, like I said, a few. So what we have to do now is take what is working well in those states and we've got to open it up. But what does that mean? It means giving something up uh, for the folks who've been involved for the last 10 years, the last six years in some places. Um, And they're not looking to do that. Sure. Uh, So for uh, in California, for example, we've seen it's pretty heavily regulated. I, I I would argue and maybe you disagree that Colorado probably did this the best in terms of they legalized it, made it fairly simple to become a participant in that market, set a pretty high excise tax on the product, and then go and let localities decide whether or not they want to have these kinds of stores in their area. What has California done that is uh, so problematic to you? What's been problematic in California is that we haven't seen simple rules We have upended everything that these folks have been, you know, working towards for the last decades in some, you know, cases. Um, So what they haven't done is create a state regulatory system that works with the municipalities that were regulating it prior to adult use becoming legal. Um, You'd think that, you know, having such a large head start in the medical space that they could have looked to the Washingtons and Colorados and figured it out pretty simply. Um, but they haven't. And and you think part of that is because there was this strong medical uh, cannabis industry that wanted to maintain a privilege uh, over these new incumbents that were wanting to try to sell recreational marijuana. Sure. I mean, they're taxing this thing to the point where consumers and patients you know, are not looking to come into the regulated businesses. Um, the business owners can't survive, so they have to get the taxes right. I mean, that's the first thing they've got to go back and figure out. And and I, I feel like that's another area where Colorado got it right because they s- allow people to grow it. 
Yeah. And uh, to the extent that you're allowed to grow it, there's sort of a natural check on people trying to uh, hike the tax too high. It's true. And the other thing that Colorado has done is that they've continued to improve the regulations. They didn't just say, okay, we're done. This is it. They listen to the business owners. They've listened to consumers and patients. They've listened to other community stakeholders. And so you've seen the Colorado adult use program evolve. All right. So so in big picture, what has been the failure in California? You, you say that the regulatory structure um, was taken over from localities by the state and the state just, what did they do? The state has created an additional level of uh, an application, essentially. And then that application, the biggest holdup for folks has typically been around environmental regulations. And so folks have not been able to hire the consultants that are necessary. Um, You know, when you're looking at water, when you're looking at energy, um, it's been very difficult for folks to even acquire land uh, and properties. There was a social equity program that was supposed to happen before folks came, the larger players came to market. Uh, That was a failure, uh, especially in places like L.A., but in the northern part of the state, California, or I'm sorry, Oakland, uh, where this kind of like originated, when you talk about social equity, when you talk about bringing in folks that were impacted by the war on drugs and making sure that they have a place in the industry, they, as a as a as a community, as a city, did the work necessary to bring those business owners on board, ensure that they're compliant, and then to help them grow. Okay, so uh, the state level uh, in California is there a restriction on whether or not you have a, f- a felony conviction or a conviction related to drugs that keeps you from participating? California is actually one of the best places in the country as it relates to that. Again, just decades and decades of folks that have been involved in this industry. You've got farmers that, you know, are third and fourth generation cannabis farmers up in the, you know, Emerald Triangle. And so it's, you know, (laughs) it's just been really important for us to look at the industry that already existed and to try not to disrupt it. To bring those folks in. I mean, there's a lot to be learned bring, from. Bring the institutional knowledge. Absolutely. That people have been doing this for decades. Bring them into the legal market and let them thrive. Yes. So they've been good about that, especially in places like Mendocino, uh, where you've got the county actually saying, hey, you guys have been around for decades. You've improved your roads. You've taken care of your community. Let us help you. You know, um, it was almost like an amnesty program. But they are, um, at the state level, still flying over these fields and still, you know, raiding uh, these groves, torching farms, um, all in the name of enforcement as opposed to, you know, a collaborative uh, relationship between business owners and regulators. So at the federal level, uh, we have seen uh, previous attempts to uh, end cannabis prohibition. Uh, The one that seems most promising right now, uh, as you mentioned before we started recording, is the Booker-Schumer-Wyden bill. Uh, I've said to people before, my biggest problem with these pieces of legislation that are offered at the federal level is that they are not simply three or four lines of text, that they are not simply you know, all of the criminal penalties associated with this drug are hereby gone. 
uh, the drug is now descheduled. Cannabis is now a no longer under the purview of the Controlled Substances Act. States, you now have full authority in this area. And, you know, they are doing that in a sense, but I feel like the feds want to create yet another massive regulatory structure, uh, and, and Democrats are definitely leading that. So it's important that, you know, Booker, Schumer, and Wyden, when they introduced this discussion draft of the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, uh, they were looking for feedback. And so, you know, you've got tons of groups who have taken the time to say, hey, you know, calling out those regulatory hurdles in California and, and making federal lawmakers understand just what an additional level of regulation would do. Then you've got the stakeholders that are concerned with public health and safety who are saying, these are the smart regulations that we need. That other stuff really doesn't affect this. You know, there's not a a real benefit. It's going to cost you and it doesn't help consumers or business owners. And so there are a lot of folks saying, hey, let's let the states do what they're doing well. Let's create um, funding opportunities to help with things like state-level expungement because the majority of cannabis crimes happen at the state and local level. So even with Booker, Schumer, and Wyden's bill that does uh, deschedule, that does address federal cannabis convictions, you're going to really affect a small number of people. And so it's important that the federal government get out of the way of the states and then offer support because in some places it's it's just um, outdated technology. It's just paper uh, records that, you know, folks have to trace, track down to complete an expungement for someone. Uh, so what we want to do is streamline that. And we want to do what the state, what some states have done, automatic expungement day one. You know, we're seeing all over the news now where you've got 100,000 records being cleared at a time. You know, 50,000 people with no cannabis don't have to show up for court, don't have to mail a document in. That's where we need to go. It has to happen day one at the federal level for those folks. And then, like I said, we've got a lot of work to do at the state and local level to make folks whole. Okay. So uh, for states that have uh, legalized cannabis, but nonetheless maintain that big regulatory structure, that we should we should be clear, that alone keeps a lot of traditionally disadvantaged people from participating in this market. Guess who else it keeps out? Folks that are typically successful in everything they do, and they are pissed off. And they are, every state, when they go through that licensing process, there are lawsuits. Because, you know, the guy who's got a, you know, I don't know, pharmaceutical company, or he sold an energy company, you know, he's trying to figure out why isn't he at the table? And the reality is, is that, you know, some handful of guys decided he wasn't going to be included. That's what's happened in Florida. And the Sur- Supreme Court has upheld it. So in terms of, of states handling this, uh, you say that uh, with the exception of maybe Colorado and maybe a few other states, the, the rules are not clear. There are parties that are influencing the structure of these rules that are benefiting themselves who are probably incumbents in the industry or people who are uh, wealthy enough to absorb the costs associated with the regulations. I mean, this is all classic stuff in almost Mm -hmm. any other industry. This is a pretty normal set of expectations that we have for industrial incumbents who want to maintain their market share 
and keep smaller competitors from effectively competing. And because not a lot of large players have gotten into it while it was still federally illegal, not only are they trying to keep out the small competitors, they realize they are no longer the big fish, right? And when this is federally legal and you've got uh, companies and, and, and groups that have just been waiting for this, they're going to come in and cut a check that blows these folks' mind. Um, <laughs> so, they, so you're saying that the, the current incumbents facing potentially competition from much bigger fish oh, yeah. ought to be fighting for simpler rules. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that would allow everyone a place. Now, I would like to see small businesses thrive. You know, I am a lifelong consumer. So before there was ever a cool dispensary to walk into, I've had a relationship with the people who have brought this to market, essentially. And so I want to see those folks succeed. And if their exit strategy includes selling out to a larger company or an even larger company that isn't quite involved today, go for it. You know, I just want folks to like, remember that this is a plant. And when we talk about freedom, I shouldn't have to go buy it. You know, when we talk about ideal legalization, that for me means home grow. Anybody in this country that wants to grow tomatoes, right, an aloe plant, they do it. And we should be treating this plant the same way. Shanita Penny is a cannabis policy advisor who runs the consulting firm Budding Solutions. We spoke in September. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 